Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real-time limits making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Garniston. He is the Pyramid, Red Florence. It's going to be the funniest show ever because I'm all about the comedy and the money, money. baby. How much you gonna pay? And his partner, Fina Tapendo Stevenson. From Mexico City to Beef Community Centre, I've got stories that are going to blow your mind. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Wrestling Daft. My name is Rab Florence. Grado, of course, is in the room. Grado, my man, how are you? I'm all right, mate. But you sent it. John's here as well. Or, uh, we've just come off a wee Zoom call there, aren't we? With a very special star. Very special Zoom call with a very special guest that you'll be able to enjoy in just a moment. But before we go there, we need to remind you, tickets are still on sale for Wrestling Daft Live. 26th, 26th of February, is that right? 26th of February. It's going to be a box. Uh, John has put this all together, so he's a promoter for the night, so we'll see how it goes on. If you're a fan of the podcast, if you're a fan of Burnleston, if you're a fan of Test Drive, which is from BBC Scotland, get your body down to boxing. If, you, if you're a fan of George and uh, Cassie in the mornings, it's the brains behind George and Cassie is going to be on the show, Mr John, producer McNally. There so you need to get doing there, get your tickets bought, and you can do it under this link or fucking something. John always tells me to go under this like on the podcast thing, is there no like some web address or something I can give you, John? No, no, no it, it, the easiest way to say it is the link is in the biog and check our <laughs> socials. <laughs> the easiest way to say it for fuck's sake, the easiest way, fuck's sake, Rab, the easiest way to say it is just to right, search so Eventbrite. The... It's very complicated link for it, but it's it's below, it's below. So we'd love to see <laughs> you there. We'd love to see you there. We want to see you there, and like we said, very very amazing interview. Be an amazing guy. To come. Have you got any wee updates before we move on to this amazing interview, guys? Any news or anything? Well, Grado, do you know you got mentioned Talk is Jericho this week? No. Uh, Brian has been in touch and said that Michael Oku was on Talk is Jericho and was putting you over. Who's that? I don't know. I thought you were. Have you got it there? I don't have it here, no, but uh, Brian's just saying, is Michael Oku, is Michael is Michael Oku, Oku and who, the why is he putting you over? Kebab shop in Salkos. Michael Oku, hold on. Michael Oku. Michael Oku. Wrestling, is he a wrestler? Aye. Oh, hold on, who the fuck's that? Michael Oku. I don't know this fella. Ojimo. Right, what did he say about me? I don't know. I've just been tipped off that he was putting you over on Chalk as Jericho this week. Mike, if you're listening, thanks for the shout out. He might have been burying me. Was, was there no one something else recently as well that were talking about me? Billy Ray was talking about me. Did we play that back? No, I didn't hear that. Aye, they were talking about the, the best comedy wrestlers of all time. And actually... But of all time, and Bully Ray was bas- basically said what he said to me. He mildly amuses me. He mildly amuses me. I'll take that. Well, 
<laughs> let's put me over for a change. Ah, let's do it. Um, I am really brilliant. <laughs> All right. You are, you, you are good. Thank you. I don't really have any news. I've not really been doing anything. I've been doing stuff behind the scenes, but nothing I can talk have about. Have you worked out what you're doing with your thing? Your I've seen, I've seen Admiral Barr putting it up on Facebook and stuff now that they're shutting. Well, obviously, my venue, I was doing Biscuity Boyle live shows, work in progress comedy shows. I was going to try and do three. Well, I'm going to do a blue comedy show, which I thought would be good fun today, like very adult humour. Um, but my venue shut down. So if anybody knows of any good venues in Glasgow that I can now move my show into, do let us know. What about the stand? Shout, shout out to the Admiral Bar. No, the stand, man. No. 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 No harm to the stand, but it's it's, diff- it's different. It's, it's a different vibe. Well, right. but why, why, don't, why don't you go, go radio? I've got a venue inside. What do you mean? Well, I'm not in Glasgow, though. Go radio is in Glasgow, it's in the Gorbals. Is it? Do you know what you could maybe do? Well, what, the asylum? ICW? What's the capacity? Uh, well, I think a couple of hundred. Uh, I think you want to be in a pub, though. This is the right. thing. I, I, like, I, I, like, I like there to be a barn or a, you know what, what I mean? What about St. Luke's? Listen, fucking, I was shouting out to the punters, not use. I'm oh, saying yeah. to the punters, these know anywhere I'm not having used to. Uh, yeah. Getting involved in it. Anyway, let's let's be nice to each other because <laughs> we have a very important moment here. A great, and I know people out there have went, oh, they don't even get any good guests anymore. They had Jericho in the first episode and they don't get any good, good guests anymore. Well, wait until you fucking hear this. Well, it's a big moment for Wrestling Daft. We've had a lot of great guests on this show, but I don't know if we've had a guest quite as great as this one. It's the one and only Diamond Dallas Page has joined us. We're no joking here. He's here. DDP, how are you? I'm unstoppable, bro. Unstoppable. I'm excited. I'm coming after the damn COVID, you know, took me away from coming to the UK for a long time. So this is the first time back. That we'll be doing a DDP yoga tour. Um, God, four years. Wow. And you're coming to Glasgow, my hometown. My the first the first place I it, last time I flew into uh Heathrow and drove all the way up to Glasgow and came back down. Uh this time I'm going into Manchester because I'm gonna be signing for the love of wrestling. Uh that's what it's called, right? I yep. follow of a wrestling. I was there last year. It was great. Yeah, the guys are bringing me in for uh, those two days. I'm going to do a uh, a Q and A there, and um, you know, of course, signing the whole time I'm there. Uh, so uh, I'll be there for that. I believe it's Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but the first place I'm coming, baby, is Glasgow. I love Scotland. I'm a really really tight with the Scotland Terminator for you know, uh, my boy McIntyre. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, me and him been boys for a long time. And uh, when he got, when, I don't know if you remember when he tore his bicep. Uh, as soon as he got done, you know, doing the rehab, he drove seven hours from Tampa to me here in Atlanta, Georgia, to train with me, get back on the program to help keep keep from getting injured, and watched. Uh, a uh, docu uh, documentary that we have up on um, on um, 
Amazon Prime called Relentless, and then he drove seven and a half hours back. <laughs> that cat's got a crazy work ethic, man. Is it, so is listen, that, is DDP, it, sorry, Grado, I just need to get in uh, this in first because I know you love a personal story, DDP, right? And I'll tell you this. Maybe I'm a writer, so I'm a professional writer, so I write at my desk all the time, all day, every day. And maybe about 13, 14 years ago, something like that, maybe not as long as that, maybe about 12 years ago, I got a really sore back. I had terrible back pains and I couldn't sit and I couldn't write anymore. So I looked into a lot of stuff. I was going to buy a standing desk to write standing at my desk and all that stuff. But I'm a wrestling fan and I noticed around about that time you were doing DDP yoga. So I actually, about 12 years ago, ordered the DDP yoga pack with the CDs. I got the CDs through the post from the United States. And I've spoken about this on this show before. I had this bad back that I went to the doctors about. I get physio for the doctors. Nothing worked. I did DDP yoga over the course of a year and it was gone. My back was healed. Like genuinely, that's a genuine personal story that I can tell you for me. This isn't the usual podcast shilling. This is a genuine thing. I thought I was like, I I don't know if I can write. I was getting pains in my arms and all sorts of stuff. Did DDP yoga for a year. Had my big wall chart on the wall and all that. And it it fixed me. So I want to say a personal thank you to you because you've genuinely sorted me out. That's amazing. And like I do, when I do autograph sessions, like I'll do it for love of wrestling. I will have 20% of the people who come will come to talk to me about how the program has changed their lives. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's, it's, I try not to take it too seriously because I get emotional because I don't just, when I'm doing a, like when I do the work, when I do the DDP workshop, I will walk around and meet every single person. Who comes? I'll take a picture with them, a selfie with them, and and get to you know get literally to talk to every single person, and uh, you know to me, the connection of what's happening with my program and the lives it's changing are are dramatic. We just finished filming a docu series called Change or Die, and Change or Die, we brought five people into the same house that Jake and Scott, you know, came yep. to my house to get to get clean and get sober. Uh, Jake is doing unbelievable. God rest his soul, Scott. We lost him last year, but we got 10 amazing years and two inductions in the Hall of Fame that never would have happened if he didn't grab a hold of his life and change his life. These, these five people who come in, one is that you'll know Marcus Buff Bagwell. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and he was really bad shape. Like, Jake-esque to a certain degree, like, and did not think he was an addict or anything. But over this journey, we go on with him. It's really crazy. And Butterbean, remember the boxer? Yeah. Couldn't stand up straight. Literally, I mean, when he walked in my house, this is how he walked in, bent over like this, and he had crutches. He walked around like a crab, and he was 370-some pounds. And and then there's three other people who are just regular people that come in, and we film this thing, man. It's going to be so powerful. It'll probably be out late 2023, but what's been happening, like, I'm the first 
I'm the first test subject for my program because it was my back. You know, I had this unbelievable run in my 40s for people who, you know, most people, wrestling fans know I didn't start till I was 35 years old. My yeah. career take off till I was 40, though. And on the back end of 40, like I shot that NWO angle, I was four months from 41. That's that's when everything exploded. And 41, 42, I, I worked 275 days a year minimum in the ring and did the Tonight Show and all the different promotional things I had to do. I, I may have been home 25 days both of those years, 97 and 98. And when I blew my back out, I had just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal. And if I can't get back in the ring, that that deal goes bye-bye. Yeah, that's a big incentive to get, yeah. Well, you know, they three doctors, three spine specialists told me I was done. And my wife at the time, Kimberly, was like, why don't you try yoga? I'm like, I'm not doing yoga. You know, <laughs> fuck that. I'm not doing yoga. And uh, at some point, she bullied me into it. And I was so glad I did because getting the base, the basics of yoga and mixing them with the physio, as you guys call it, we call it rehab in our country, and then mixing it with the old school calisthenics and the time under tension. Before you know it, in less than three months, I'm back in the ring. Mm, yeah. At 42, they said my career is over. At 43, I'm the world champ. So, yeah. I mean, I, I remember, I remember DDP that, you know, at that time when DDP yoga first launched, um, men men are a, a bit more open to yoga these days, but it was not the case. They say your then. mama's yoga. Do you still use that slogan? <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know who was a, a beacon and a star for me that really helped get it over? Jericho. Because Jericho did the same thing to his back on Dancing with the Stars. It wasn't Dancing with the Stars that blew his back out. It was that 19 years he had a bouncing in a ring yeah. and never had an injury. The guy never had an injury. Until his back blew out and it blew him out. And I sent him that disabled veteran video of that guy on the canes. And five minutes later, he called me back. He said, I will do whatever you tell me to do. And five weeks later, he was 85% free. Three months later, he headlined WrestleMania with CM Punk in Miami. Wow. And yeah. That was 11 years ago. He just signed another three-year deal at 52. He's unreal. See, see that see that army veteran? See that army veteran? Is he still kicking a ball? Is he, is he still fat? And No, he's, he's doing good. He's still doing good. You know, he, the, the weight thing up and down with him probably is about buck 90 right now. Um, but he was 297 when he started my program. But forget the weight. And this is, you know, what, what Rob, what we're talking about, the weight loss thing is a side effect, like an awesome side effect. It's about getting, making your body strong so you're not in pain. And because, you know, both of our countries, the food sucks. 
It's not like going to Italy where bringing everything's organic. They don't have organic food because everything's organic. It's certain countries that don't let like our food in this country. It sucks. Brutal. Now, can you go to a good restaurant? Sure. But that doesn't mean the food they're cooking is real. Yeah. So I am reality based food, the food, the food, you get rid of gluten, you get rid of dairy, you cut back on your sugar. You're going to feel better. When Scott and Jake came in my house, they had no control over the food. Everything was cooked and done for them. Everything was clean. Within three weeks, they already felt better. So now I could get them moving very slowly, but I could do that because they weren't in so much pain. So, you know, that these are all things I've learned. Like if you guys were at my, my crib right now where I live, this place is a wellness center. I mean, I've got hyperbaric chambers, infrared sauna, steam room, ice bath, hot tub. Uh, Air fryer. Like, dude, you wouldn't believe it. it's a, it's a spa, it's a it's a fucking spa. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, you're coming to the right place. Like coming to Glasgow, we have a bad we have a bad diet in Scotland. Grado, we've got a bad. I have a bad diet. You have a bad diet, Grado, right? I have a bad diet. But I just want to say, I know you're saying he's food shit, but in Peachtree Street in Atlanta, Georgia, there's the Vortex Burger, and I had one of the best burgers in my life on Peachtree Street, the Coronary Bypass Burger. You can't tell. You can't tell me, Dallas, that that isn't a good that isn't a good burger, son. Yeah, and you want to know what? Now you can get it on a gluten free bun in the same place. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> great burger, great burger. No, but you're right, Rob. We are we are all you know. It's we're so unhealthy. Yeah, we have a terrible diet. I would say in this country in general, in Scotland, we have a we have a bad diet. So you're coming to the right place. There's something I always wanted to ask you, DDP, because. There are there are a number of people out there who um, start lifestyle and fitness programs and all of that, but I think what sets you apart is you you have a genuine care for people and you seem to have a a, a genuine impulse to to help people. And I just wonder where that drive comes. Have you have you analysed within yourself where that comes from? Because there's a lot of guys. I know that wrestling is a brotherhood. And loads of wrestlers talk about wrestling being a brotherhood, but not every member of that brotherhood is as active as you are in trying to lift up their brothers. So I was just wondering, have you ever analysed where that comes from within you, that that need to help? Um, I've just always been like that. You know, if it was, when I was running nightclubs, you know, before I wrestled, I ran big nightclubs. And I'd always be doing some kind of charity thing or Toys for Tots or some kind of it. I've always felt I, I heard this guy named Zig Ziglar say something 45 years ago. And what he said was, you can get whatever you want as long as you help enough people get what they want. And I was like, wow. And what I realized was helping other people makes you feel really good about you. Over 30 guys I got jobs for. I helped guys live the dream, which may have never had that opportunity. And one of the, the stories that sticks out to me is Chris Canyon 
one of his best friends was Billy Kidman. And I'd already helped so many guys get jobs. And Canyon would always bring up Kidman. And I would say, bro, I, I just can't keep going back to Bischoff and pitching <laughs> another guy. And he goes, let me just let me just show you the finish. Let me just show you his finish. All right, put it in. So he puts in the, the uh, VHF tape, and he does that shooting star press. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, yep. Back then, nobody did shit like that. I saw that shooting star press. I was like, whoa. I hit eject on the tape. Bishop and I lived across the street from each other <laughs> by happenstance. Dusty Rhodes' wife, Michelle, Sold us each the house the same week. They got let me we're doing I'm doing play by play back then, or he's doing play by play. I'm doing color. So we were getting we were becoming really good friends. And at some point I said, dude, I bought a house. He goes, You bought a house? I bought a house too. I go, get out of here. It's like, no, I did. I go, where'd you get it? In Mableton. Get the fuck out of here. I bought one in Mableton. He goes, you're full of shit. I go, no, I'm not. I bought a house in Mableton. He goes, what area? I go, I'm on Bally Shannon. He goes, fuck you. <laughs> I'm on Bally Shannon. Like, we bought a house across the street. And because Atlanta's so big, they didn't really, like, Michelle wasn't really, didn't know the area. So she didn't realize she'd sold us a house right across the street from each yeah. other. So, I, wa I get that tape of Kidman. I hit eject. I walk over the hill to Bischoff's house. I walk, just walk into his house. He's watching TV. I wait till the commercial comes up. And I go, you want to see one of the greatest finishes you've ever seen? He goes, sure. Plug it in. He goes, wow. What's he doing? I said, he's looking for a job. All right. Start him. 400 a week down at the... Uh, Developmental down the power plant. Wow, beautiful! <laughs> I, like that. You it know was, what? The, 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 there was a list last week that had been leaked, and the amount of guys that Canyon had put his name to a list of people, and every one of them, are, um, ninety percent of these names are stars. All came for who Canyon had seen. The, the young bucks, the young mm -hmm. bucks, Brian Cage. I mean. And he he helped so many guys. And he was, I mean, if Chris would have been around, that was a tough one when he killed himself. I knew that I knew when I got the call. And I just thought to myself, uh, I know you think you're in a better place or whatever, you know, because I tried everything I could to help him fight his depression. But there's two things that happen with depression. You can play into it and really pull yourself down a really dark spot, or you can fight it. Every single person, and you know, it might be drugs, whatever it is that you need to help you fight that depression. But a lot of it comes down to, and, and Gordo, we, we were talking about this on your show, your morning breakfast show, we are the story we tell ourselves. That's right. You know, I, I'm never when I, when I when I decided to be a wrestler. 
I was 23 years old. I had three matches. I sucked. I hurt my knee. I got a chance to run this little rock and roll bar while I was resting the knee. And I had got swept away by the booze, the bras, and the party. And I forgot about the dream. That was in 1979. I actually have a card from there that has me. Let me see if I can pull it up. I don't know if I this this computer here. Uh, but I have a card. I, I'm handsome Dallas Page uh, in 1979. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing. But I, at least I'm following a dream. That's what I'm doing. And then the nightclub thing happens. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger for me. And I get completely swept away by the booze, the broads, and the party. Until one day, of course, WrestleMania starts happening. And I'm so pissed I'm not a part of that. I stopped watching wrestling. Until about four years later... By the time 1986 came around, I was flipping the channels and I see Gorilla Monsoon, who I grew up with. And who's this guy with a leather coat and a boa and a do-rag and crazy sunglasses and this unbelievable voice? It's Jesse Ventura. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. And the first guy to walk through the curtain got a bag over his shoulder and a Fu Manchu and it's Jake Snake. And I watched that guy in the ring. And I call my buddy up after I'm done watching the match. And I go, John. Now he went to the he went to this place where we were training to wrestle. And he kept going. You know, he lasted for another couple of years before, you know, it went goodbye. But I said, Did I miss something? He goes, What do you mean? I go, are some of these matches real? Like, remember, this is 1986. Uh, I'm watching Jake Roberts. I can't see through his shit. And he goes, don't be a mark. Of course they're not. I go, have you ever seen Jake Roberts work? Have you ever seen him talk? Like, that cat is the realest guy in the room. And so I got sucked in as a fan on Jake. And one night, I've got this big club in Fort Myers, Florida. And then one night I come in, the place is packed. And I'm back in my office. I go to grab my keys because I go, you know, and I, there's a monitor right there next to the, my, my keys. And it's the front door. And I see a guy walk in, looks like Jake the Snake Roberts. I start to go to the crowd, but there's too many people. I run around the building. Get to the front door and go, Johnny, did a guy walk in here look like uh, Jake Snake Roberts? He goes, yeah, everybody thinks it's him. I run in there like Mickey Mark. <laughs> Whoop, slow down. Can't go all Mickey Mark on, on Jake Snake Roberts. So I eventually saunter my way over towards him. The place is so packed. And we got seven bars in this place. There's over a thousand people. And I look at him and I go, hey, man, you Jake Snake Roberts? <laughs> who wants to know <laughs> I said the guy who runs this place yes what can I do for you what, what are we drinking we got so fucked up that night <laughs> it's crazy to me that 
what how that starts and where it ends with the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Jake has been nine years sober now. He's back. Do you remember when he used to, he was doing that angle with Rick Rude and his wife, Cheryl, was like the, the, the Rude was sauntering in front of her and yep. Jake, they got into it over her. Well, she divorced him. They had two kids. They got back together. She had two more kids. She divorced him again. 20 years later, they're back together. Wow. Is that right? And so happy. Like, I, this is finally the Jake the Snake Roberts that she wished she could have had. And now she does. Wow. My age and I. Uh, Paige will be with me at the workshop too in uh, in Glasgow, and my buddy Murray. My buddy Murray is one of my top one of my top instructors, and he teaches all the time there in Glasgow. Um, but um, Jake and Cheryl and me and Paige went to. Jake calls me up. He goes, "Listen," he goes, "I hadn't met, I hadn't been back with Cheryl yet because it was." There was some rough times, and I'm going to take Jake's side, you know. So yeah. get me and Cheryl back together again. You know, Jake was trying to pick his spots. And when we – he said, listen, uh, I want to go to uh, – go see um, uh, Aerosmith. And he goes, you want to come? You and Paige want to come, me and Cheryl. I'm like, absolutely. He goes, I'll get the tickets. You get the plane tickets. I go – Plane tickets for where? He goes, Boston. I go, it's not here in Atlanta? He goes, no, it's in Boston. It's at Fenway, where they're from, and they're kicking the tour off there. We went up there. We had the best time. Like, those two are so back in love. He's living, he's going to be 68. He's living his best life ever, making more money than he's ever made and happier than he's ever been. And that's, again, the thing, Gordo, that I was saying to you earlier about we are the story we tell ourselves. Really? Jake had to change the story. Yeah. And it's just been amazing to watch. So Jake becomes like, he tells everybody about my club. Of course, he didn't pay for any drinks, right? So if Miami one night and Tampa, Florida the next night, that's 300 miles. Fort Myers is right in the middle. Next thing you know, Ted DiBiase's there, the Bushwhackers. <laughs> this is a picture of Ted at the end of the night drinking upside down tequila. <laughs> <laughs> so did all the wrestlers know to go to your pub to get the, the free booze? That's where everybody went. <laughs> So many of the guys started coming there that it lit a fire under me talking about wrestling. And one night, drinking after hours, I came up with Diamond Dallas Page, manager of the Diamond Exchange. You know, uh, I would have Diamond Dolls. This is just talking shit. Mm. But visualizing it for fun, not for reality. The reality would come later. But again, back to the story you tell yourself. 
And for me, it started with just talking about it. And then they came on, uh, they did a story about me doing commercials for my nightclub. And they called it The Voice because I would use synthesizer voices. And and I might, it might have an, oh, yeah, don't forget, hot legs, Wednesday night. Oh, yeah. I, I throw in different, the boys in there occasionally. And people didn't know if it was really them or not because they were seen in my club. So Macho was never there, but they didn't know, you know, and he was a fun voice to do. So, you know, it started getting, you know, uh, this guy called me up and wanted to have me on his radio show. He had, oh, wait, this is what happened. When they were doing the video, uh, the the video of me, uh, it was going to be on the news, you know, of the voice. At some point, they say to me, where does the voice come from? And by this time, I'm in my in my nightclub at my desk. And the night I made up Diamond Dallas Page and the Diamond Exchange and the Diamond Dolls, everything I talked about and talked shit about, I wrote down. And it was on this blotter pad. And right next to it is a pair of white sunglasses. And when they ask me, where does the voice come from? If the glasses aren't there, maybe I don't do it, but they were. And I threw them on and I said, the voice comes from Diamond Dallas Page, Daddy. I was born to be a professional wrestling manager. It's big, it's bad, it's Norma Jean's voice. And then I went back to talking like a dog. A radio guy who had his show five days a week and basically it was sports and boxing and shit. But he was going to bring on wrestling once a month. So the bottom line is he calls me up and wants me to come and be on his show. I'm like, bro, I don't really do it. I was just talking shit. He goes, it's radio. Who cares? I go, well, you know, man, I, I just don't feel comfortable. He goes, I'm going to have Captain Lou Albano on my show. I said, do I get to talk to the captain? He said, you're my expert. I go, I'm in. And then I did it again for Sergeant Slaughter. And then that same guy, that same radio jock, had a friend who used to be a boxing promoter, now was working for the AWA up in the Midwest. And Vince, of course, by that time in 1988, 1987, was just taking everything. And of course, by this time, um, WCW had started with Ted Turner buying everything. So they were losing people left and right, right? I said to Smitty, I go, what do you want me to do? He goes, make a videotape. Make up a tape of you being Diamond Dallas Page. You'll, you'll think of something. So I took three guys. I took three guys who wanted to be wrestlers. And they all worked for me as bouncers. And here they are. You see all the pictures on the walls, right? Yes. I just took down three of them. The first one. I called Big Bad John. There you go. The second one, I called Rock Hard Rick. 
<laughs> and the third one I called Peg E. Bear. He won that with Private Dogs. <laughs> and I send this videotape with that guy who's doing the uh the you know the mean gene spot. He was a guy who had a, had a radio show, his name was Captain Jack, and he had unbelievable pipes. And I flew him in from Jersey. The guys came in. We did it. I sent it to the AWA. Two weeks later, they call me. The guy's name is Rob Russin. He said, uh, hello, is Diamond Dallas Page there? This is Rob Russin from the AWA. I'm like, uh, yeah, no one's ever called me Diamond Dallas Page yet, you know? <laughs> Yeah, Rob, this is this is DDP. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you make it, right? I'm just going with it. So uh All so right. uh he says, We saw your tape, we like it, we want to bring you and your boys in for a trial. But we've got one question. Everybody likes your shtick, but no one's ever heard of you before. Where are you guys working at? <laughs> Um, uh, be truthful, Rob. Uh, none of those guys can wrestle. What? Why would you send me the tape? I go be <laughs> secret society. No one can figure out how to get in. You know, you know, if uh, if, if you got someone else for me to manage while they're training, that would be hello, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is God's work. If you don't put the work towards the dream, it never happens. If I in life, if you don't ask the question, could I do this? You know, I don't care what it is. The answer is if you don't ask the question, the answer is always no. So you got to have the balls and the belief to ask the question, to put it out there. So even though I wasn't ready. For, to do what they, they needed me to do, there's always another solution. And what ended up happening, and this is God's work here, Paul E. Dangerously, better known as Paul Heyman, one of the greatest talkers and wrestling minds of all time, he leaves the AWA with his, young, his wrestlers, the Midnight Express, it left a huge spot for a young guy that could talk. Greg Ganya, who's Vern's son, picks up the phone and calls me two weeks later and says, here's what we're going to do for you, Diamond. You bring all those crazy clothes and a couple of those hot broads, and we're going to give you an opportunity. We're going to give you an audition. Next thing you know, I'm managing Bad Company. Where's that picture at? Bad Company, the tag champions of the world. And this is my first day in professional wrestling where I'm actually getting paid. And the only reason I know that, because that blonde back there, she came once. And she was one of my broads. And, you know, she only came once. And if you see how much, that, that guy right there is 5'8". Pat Tanaka, in his bare feet. I'm 6'4", 6'6 six, six and a half with a 
with boots on, I'm crouching down like I did every other <laughs> crouching down. So I'm not a, Andre the giant as a manager. So I get through AWA where I made my biggest connection and the biggest relationship of my life was with this guy right here, yeah. the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. And the dream loved me. He brought me in. He talked to me. He listened to what my story was. He knew I was making good money in a in, in, my, in a nightclub business, but I wanted to be in wrestling. And he just loved my energy, man. And he said, uh, I'll tell you what we're gonna do. Kid, we're gonna we're gonna make you the Jessica Ventura of the 90th. I'm like, uh, Dusty, uh, I don't know a wristlock for a wristwatch. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. He said, Don't worry about a kid. Gordon Soley gonna walk you through it all. And Gordon Soley, who was like the dean of wrestling in this country, uh, he did. And I learned so much, but they in that Florida championship wrestle never took off. So Dusty went back to work for Vince and Vince to fuck with him, stuck him in polka dots. <laughs> I mean, obviously DDP, um, Dusty is, everybody's talking about Dusty just now because obviously Cody is going to be main event in WrestleMania. I mean, how you must have some personal feelings about Cody being in that spot. I have been mentoring Cody since he was 12 years old. Um, when he was a, Dusty brought me in to talk to, you know, his peewee and, you know, the football team, but not, you know, the younger kids, like the great grammar school kids. And even his freshman team, Dusty was one of the coaches on his freshman football team. In his sophomore year, I'm getting ready to go to WWE at that time. So I, Dusty had Turnbuckle Entertainment, and that was a, a small little wrestling company that never went anywhere. And uh, it just wasn't the timing wasn't right. Today, it would blow up huge. But back then, you know, it, it wasn't ready yet. Timing wasn't right. So Cody was doing something in the ring, and he got out. He's 15. And I said, I, I believe it or not, I always called him Young Buck back then. There you go. <laughs> I said, so Young Buck, when you starting football, uh, you know, when's when season starting? He said, I'm not going to play football this year. I'm like, what? You're not going to play football? You love football. He goes, yeah. He goes, I still love football. He goes, but I'm really going to focus on wrestling. And not this year, but next year, my junior year, I'm going to win the state championship. I went, really? Wow. That's a bold statement. I said, you know what that's going to take? He goes, work ethic. I go, all right, cool. So he goes through his sophomore year. I moved to LA. And I hear that his junior year, he's 11 and 0. So I pick up the phone. Hey, young buck, what's up? Oh, Dallas, oh, everything's going great. You know, wrestling's been great. You know, God, I'm undefeated right now. I go, yeah, what? Yeah, you're undefeated. You're, yeah, I'm 11 and 0. I go, wow, that's amazing. 
I go, you know, go keep up the great work, blah, 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 hang up. Call him again when he's 20 and 0. Call him again when he's 33 and 0. And I'm like, hey, young buck, what's up, man? He goes, oh, Dallas, oh, it's been unbelievable. The, the, the Atlanta Journal is our paper. It's big. It's a big deal. He goes, I just got me and dad. We just got interviewed for Atlanta Journal, and we're on we were on Eyewitness News, and it's, it's been amazing. I could you, you just don't know. And I went, whoa, whoa, slow down, young buck. I think I had a couple of world championships to my name. I think I might have an idea. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't mean it like that. I said, God, I'm just busting your balls. And I said, listen, man. I said, you're Dusty Rhodes' kid. So that puts a bullseye on you big time. But being 33 and 0, your whole body's a bullseye. I said, keep your feet on the ground and keep working towards the goal. And if you get in the finals of state championship, I'll be there. He said, seriously, you'll come back from L.A.? I said, seriously. I came back. He went 48-0 and won the state championship. His junior, his senior year, he lost like the 11th or the 12th match. I can't remember which one it was. But I called him, even though I knew. I was like, hey, young Mike, what's up? He goes, oh, Dallas, I lost. I fucking lost. And I said... Thank God. And he went, what? Why would you say that? I said, Cody, do you think you learn anything from winning? You don't learn from winning, bro. You learn from losing. You learn from making mistakes, from fucking up. I go, that's how you learn. I said, so what did you learn from that loss? And he told me a couple things. And I thought, okay, good. I said, let me explain to you, you know, like, would you have rather have been 44-0 and met that guy in the quarterfinals and he beat you then? Hell no. I go, exactly. I said, you know what that guy, the advantage you have over that guy? He thinks he beat you. Like, he's already beat you. You are, you're important, but you're not that important. I said, you need to just keep moving forward and focus on what's coming up next, not what happened yesterday. I got there for the finals again. He's facing the same kid who beat him. <laughs> There's five family members that get to sit on the mat, you know, ringside seats, you know, for, for each wrestler. I'm up in the stands with my daughter, Brittany. And Cody says, Dad, get Dallas down here. Grandpa had to leave so I could sit on the mat. Wow. So this is a picture of us at that state championship. Beautiful. There you go. So are so, you going to be there? Are you going to be there on his big day at WrestleMania then? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I when I heard it was so funny because I didn't know if he was going to make the rumble or not and he had come over to see me and we hadn't seen each other in a while and <clears throat> I was already booked uh, San Antonio to do a signing for WrestleCon 
And I, I, I go, oh, so you're gonna I mean, if you're gonna be at the Rumble, I go, I gotta be there. And because um, he told me he's gonna be in a Rumble, I said I gotta be there. And uh, I said, fuck, I'm already working on that day. He goes, where are you working? I go, San Antonio. Is that where the Rumble's at? On <laughs> <laughs> the road. Of course, I went over for that and got got a great moment afterwards. And uh, yeah, him winning the Rumble. I I'm, I wasn't gonna go to Mania this year, but that he's in the main event is that it's so funny. I would leave L.A. to fly to Georgia. I'm doing a speaking gig for a big corporation the, on Friday night. So I literally would leave Ohio and fly back to L.A., <laughs> where I used to fly from, to there. And, you know, I, I watched uh, uh, I watched uh, the man, Roman Reigns, put him over really uh, eloquent, elegantly. Uh, he was on the Jimmy Kimmel show, you know, the, 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 the Tonight Show. And um, he's such a class act. He's been a great champion. I think uh, great. I love that he turned the people because he could be big baby face tomorrow. You know, yeah. yep. Walks that tweener spot. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I hope code goes over and the dream is really fulfilled. That's what I hope happens. I mean, I think it's, it feels to me like the hottest WrestleMania main event in a long time. And and you can just tell just by the reaction of people that it's going to be a special night. I think it's going to be a really special night. I'm really I'm excited for it. So DDP, let's hear the details about how people can join you in Glasgow. Um, Gordo, you got all that information, don't you? Aye. So here's a crack. Oh, DDP, he's got to be in town. April twenty second, twenty twenty three, eleven a.m. Workshop. The big man. He says he's going to be there taking a class. Is it two hours, Dallas? You know, it, it's it, this is this is like two hours, two and a half hours, two it's, and a half hours. Uh, it's inspiration meets perspiration. It's a like the thing I love the most is getting there. I get there early, like an hour early, and every single person who walks in, I will greet them, talk to them. Someone will be getting their mats. I'll I find my way to just about every person unless they're coming late. And then I'll get them at the end. But every single person I take a picture with, you know, so think about that. You know, it's like there, it, it's part of the package. But my goal is to inspire people to believe, believe in themselves. Because as you know, most people have talked shit about themselves. They, they don't see yeah. themselves where they want to be. Gordo and I were just on the morning show and, First thing he did was rip himself apart, and uh, but you, but but listen, but I've just sat and listened to you speak, and you forget that your career started when you're thirty five. I'm sitting here, moaning and greeting that you know I feel as if I'm over the hill. I'm past it. I've done my wrestling in America. They were probably just about to put a strap on me in TNA. Everything went tits up. COVID happened, and then I've been like sort of my my brain's been telling me the wrestling stuff's by. But listening to you, you're thinking, you're right, man. It's like, you t you tell your own story, don't you? You tell your own story. But the big man's going to sort me out for, he's going to get me back in the ring and he's going to get me a little like a stunner for my wedding in the summer. 
I mean, I, I would really like all you guys to be my guest and come. You know, if you want to come, I'd love you to come. Uh, you, you know, it'd be a great time. I, I do these things, you know, because I love to do them. You know, I don't, I don't do many of them anymore. You know, last time I did, I did like six cities, but yeah, I'm going to be doing the signing for two days, and I want my wife to enjoy UK. She's never been there. And she's traveled the world. She's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. She's climbed Mount Fuji. I mean, she is, she's a stud. <laughs> and she is re really excited to come and see your guys' country. It's it's beautiful. I love being there. And you know, we're going to we'll be there for over two weeks. And the only reason I didn't make it down to London, because the coronation happened and shit, I don't want to be anywhere <laughs> near that. Yeah. I don't I don't want to. I, I saw was you know some of the other ones that the amount of people that come out like crazy. So I want to be. I'm going to be on my way home by that. <laughs> we love our king, Diamond Dallas Page. We love our king. <laughs> well, Gradle, Gradle loves his king. <laughs> I don't love the king so much. But <laughs> DDP, thanks so much for coming Aye. on. It's been such a pleasure, and we'll make sure we'll keep making noise and make sure that people turn out for that. Um, a chance to be in the same space as one of the best wrestlers that I've ever watched and one of the best human beings, I think, that's ever been in the wrestling business. DDP, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, boys, it's been your pleasure. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You see, one thing I, I, I was going to bring up with Diamond Dallas Page... But then I felt bad. I, I bammed him up years ago on the phone. Jeremy Borash gave me his number and seen oh, who the podcast there. So you guys have been listening there. That was Diamond Dallas Page. Um, I feel I, I feel bad now that because I, I woke him up through the middle of the night. Started fucking noising him up about yoga, asking if it was. And I was like, my man, I've got your number. You need to sort me out. What's this yoga shit all about? Is it just less than that? And he's got my friend. My friend. It's five in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> was it even nice even in that moment he was lovely man because should we done it with Taz and all I started putting on an accent and saying that I was going to sign Taz to um, Lich Underground he was going who the fuck's this not a shit but his diamond ass couldn't, couldn't have been any nicer my friend it's five in the morning if you call me at another time we can talk what a guy man I know. what a sweetheart you're a fucking man hmm. right okay speaking of sweethearts of men are we going to watch this fucking match aye 
Well, you, you did promise the listeners last week, Rab, that you, you've not seen it. You've no spoilers. You've not. It's seen time the for the watch along. I haven't seen it. I haven't read about it. I haven't done anything. It's time for me to watch the Bray Wyatt. Um, what we'll do is I will share the screen and we can all watch the pitch black match together, right? Okay, so here we go. I can't, listen, honestly, I don't even know what happens at this match. I can't wait to see it. I know that Bray Wyatt won, didn't he? I know that much, but I just want to give a shout out as well to, um, you need to make sure to listen to this week's episode of Rest, uh, Basketball Daft, because obviously the big Kevin Durant trade happening. We've got a great episode where we're breaking down all the trades, uh, and obviously Brooklyn Nets going into rebuild mode. So you know it's a sad time. Let's uh, also exciting. What, what, Let's have what a look. What color the Brooklyn Nets wear? Black, primarily. Black and what? Black and white. He's black. He's white. He's fucking dynamite, Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kevin Durant. Right. Okay. So here's the script. Right. We're going to watch this on the WWE Network. Um, if you click on the Royal Rumble and then skip, jump, hit the jump to Pitch Black March, and then what we'll do is we'll give you a count in three, two, one, and we'll all push play together on this. Okay. Now this is probably going to get banned from the video version, so you'll probably have to listen to it in the podcast and push play to hear Rab's reaction. Okay. So we've jumped to one thirty twenty four. So if you guys give me a count in, I'll push play and we'll watch the pitch black match. Let's do it. Three, two, two one. one. Ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding. I made the monster of myself. Right, this is the beat intro promo. Destroyed me. That is not the man that I want to be remembered as. My name's Bray. That's not the man that I want to be anymore. I know what it takes to give respect, man. I'm asking it's a pure non-story. That's a, it's a pure. Are you willing to go? Okay, he did. Didn't they? Like, I'm so glad he's at like for early night. People are going to kind of. So glad he's. That's a. I go already. Stick him anywhere that gives you pleasure. Turn this volume down, John. Turn this volume down so that we can check it properly. Eli Jake's a man. I, I love him so much. I've done so much for his career, and I know he does appreciate it. <laughs> I'm not joking, he does. Does he? Highest rated segment, me and his ladder match in the first quarter, impact on pop 2016. Never forget that. Highest rated segment. I think he's great. He's about to spoke to Shash yesterday, he's the best thing I can tell you, know? See, see this thing though, it's like, in this whole programme with Bray Wyatt, he's really caught the rub and come out as a star now, and it, the cheers are getting bigger and bigger and bigger for him, you'll see it, you'll, you'll see it here, here as well. It's a funny name, isn't it, LA Knight? He always does that, doesn't he? It's like, he did obviously, so he can do that Eli Drake, LA Knight, and then what was his, uh, Max Dupree. Let me talk to you! Ah, he's full of the catchphrases, he likes his catchphrases, but Ellie Wright seems like a kind of name you would have but if you were backyarding out the back door when you were away, innit? It sounds like a male porn star's name, Ellie Knight. But see what WWD do really well, see these packages they put together, like the recap packages. But by the way, and see when you say that, John, see the see the, these packages. You know that they're fucking trans. They've transformed into everything now. That's in it. You watch Fitba, you watch a Scottish Cup game, and those build-up packages very much like. And I think it's off for the wrestling. The darts. Nice. Super inspired by the wrestling, isn't it? It, it? it totally is, especially BT. I think 
been um, inspired by a lot of wrestling stuff. Brad, what do you make of the Howdy actual get up and the look of Howdy? Shite. Shite. I think it's shite that Uncle Howdy get up the costume, the mask and all that. I think it looks really shite. Um, and then obviously the Firefly Funhouse came back, didn't it? Yeah. Which is probably, the Firefly Funhouse is probably the best that Bray Wyatt's gimmick got, I think. Aye. I thought that worked well. I enjoyed that at the start. Firefly Funhouse and The Fiend at the start had a lot of potential, I think. Here, have you just got an air fryer? Aye. <laughs> I just Aye. got a ninja delivered the day, man, and, uh, and then after this when I go and drop half the way into um, Arantes, I want to know, I want, what should I cook first, just quickly before he comes out? Okay, they're brilliant, they're brilliant there, Friars. That's Ellie Knight in the I ring now. The did Ellie Knight not get an intro? He did, I, I, well, he, he did get a walk-in, but then just cut to the, the package. Because I think they had to set up this wee bit right. here, mate. Rab, there's a week in the entrance. Right, here we go. So yeah, the Fireflies are out. I like that. Obviously, that's brilliant. Is that no folks' phones? Aye. Aye. Uh, <laughs> I, love he, I love his music, by the way. I like his new music as well. What do you make about the door gimmick? I like it. So I'm enjoying it so far. I'm officially enjoying this so far. The music is good. The fireflies are out. The door is there. That wee shadow fucking effect is going. It's a bit rotten right enough. It's a bit fucking ghost train in it. Here he comes. It's a bit like the APA's door though, isn't it? <laughs> They've just wheeled it in. I do like that music. I think it once it kicks in, it's not as good. I like that wee bit. Mm. Oh, no, no, good music, TDP. Oh, I self high five. And then do you know the dirty bastards? I was turned, I was listening to Kerrang one day, and there's a song just like it. What a song? Fuck off, Gredo. Or Gredo. I know, mate. mate seeing the breakfast shoes called me Gordo and all that. I was like, I'm not going to say that. No, oh, he's got the eye makeup on. Mm. Ah, but you'll see why in a minute. Why he's got that makeup on. He's, he's gone to the cat house unders in 1994. <laughs> I, I don't think he'd look at a place at Pro 2 at the bounce station in Irvine. <laughs> Yo, Bray, are you Pro 2? Look at that. How oh, I'm scared of the Mountain Dew pitch black. Man. I mean, that's it's scared. Pish. They're trying to pitch this spooky match, and who they got to sponsor it? Mountain Dew. I believe it's a flavour called pitch black, isn't it? Who have you oh. got to sponsor it? Mountain Dew pitch black, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> a bottle of juice! <laughs> Imagine having like the Iron Brew match. I mean, I know. It's the equivalent. Of... The Iron Brew match sounds like something you would do, you and Job Bowie would do, John. <laughs> With the Lord Provost. Grado did an Iron Brew match with fucking Colt Cabana. Oh, Gabbana. you did, didn't you, Grado? You did do an Iron Brew match. We never had an Iron Brew match. We just used it was it Iron Brew in a pole, wasn't it? I used it as uh, mist. That's funny. Uh, I used it as mist. Wait, trip, so, by the way, Robbie. By the way, did you see he almost tripped over there? Tripped, tripped up. Bray Wyatt's not even in the ring yet. He's still walking down. How long did you say this match was? I think it's about, I, honestly, I think it goes about eight minutes. I bet it's about. 28, John's just saying that. No, honestly, it's, it's short. I think the entrances are longer than the match. 
Right, so what do we like about Bray Wyatt here, right? I like his lantern. I don't like this look. This look is shite. I tell you what, see, that's the obviously we watched it from the Rumble. That runway, how many wrestlers would have blown up running into the ring because it's a long, long runway to the ring? One, isn't it? Gredo would have had to have danced doing that. Can you think? Imagine that. We'd have to have danced all the way fucking down. Imagine if Gredo had made the Rumble and that was the runway for him. He'd have been fucked. Hey, <laughs> all right. <laughs> what else can we say about Gredo? It's funny how this is like this match that everybody thinks I'm going to bury, and actually we're just burying Gredo. <laughs> right, he's in. He's in the ring. I like his lantern that he used to have. Wait, it was his own head. Remember, he's swinging it. Aye. But he's went back to that was with the fiend, wasn't it? So yeah. He went back to the Bray Wyatt. Oh, here we go. Going, if they go pitch black, can't they? If they go pitch black, it's going to go away. pitch black. You see the Mountain Dew on the, the canvas there? You see that? Fuck yeah. away. I'm like, wow, I don't remember the last time I've ever seen a WWE ring with a, a graphic on it. Oh, it's not a graphic. It's pitch light. black. It's, it's, pitch, it's pitch bright. The lights are on. Bray Wyatt returns to action here tonight in the Mountain Dew. So here we go. We've been waiting for his match, match. for us. Months. That statistic alone, you have is it new just have got called pitch black? That yeah, must be what right. it is. Nice, no, it's a new flavour, that's what John is saying. Right it's a bit pitch black now. What'd you make of that, Rob? Oh wow, it looks like a disco. It's a school disco match. Ah, he's got oh, he's got him. Blue light, black light, isn't it? This man. It's like, um, you know how they use the black light thing and, and murder and crime scenes and it can show you like spunk you know, on it? I was going to say, Jink, does it get any comments? To get spunk on his face. Is there a real Bray Wyatt anymore, Cole? Or is this guy so far gone? I mean, I don't know, I quite like how this looks. I quite like the looks, I think it looks quite good as well. Ah, but I enjoyed this. You enjoyed it? It's wrestling. It's wrestling. I think I enjoyed this wrestling. Across the ring. I'll tell you what he is, is an anomaly. I've never seen it. Thank you for Jeff Hardy. Don't you get that shit for your face? Amazon. The entire state of Texas got freaked out and inspired at the same time. Ray Wyatt told LA Knight that you opened the door. I guess, you know what, I think this looks pretty good. See if it didn't have the Mountain Dew on it everywhere. I quite like the, the way the ropes are and stuff. LA Knight being dominated by Bray Wyatt. I think LA Knight's hurt bad. How could you not be mentally and physically right now? LA looking for I wonder how it looks when you're in the arena though. Do you think you're in well, the arena? It's funny, ones again where it's like you can't fucking see it. That's, there was, you'll hear it, I don't know if you'll hear it here, but you hear booze coming because people can't see it in reports, like obviously. People saying they can't see it. Bray Wyatt hard. It's a fucking mad match for LA Knight to be in this, isn't it? I don't, I don't think it's really hot on though, is it, doing this angle, really? It's, he's gonna... Going ah. up against a top guy, you know, and puts him over. Why is he coming at the What was that? Oh, what are you talking about? This is that. There's just this distant feeling. It's like, it's like, what was that? They're vacant. 
So the, the mad green stuff went everywhere. Was it just stuff like planted said, on the desk to look good? Yeah. I don't know. I don't mind how this looks. I need to be honest. I like it, man. I must be a pass up wrestling in a pre-match jeans, but come on to hell. Kick tights. Oh! Oops, you ding-dang doodle. That's a botch, isn't it? No! No, it's just wrestling. It's real. It's a fight. It's a struggle. He's trying to get him up. He can't get him. It's a fight. That's why it wasn't a botch, because he wouldn't have done that. So I would say at the minute, I would say, just to give you an update, folks, I would say at the minute, I'm pleasantly surprised. I like this match. I'm pleasantly surprised by this. I still think all the story stuff leading into it has been fucking rotten. I still think that creatively, the only helping Bray Wyatt out that this match so far has been. Box jumps up Fine. onto the barricade. For a one half kind of gimmick. Aye, for a one half gimmick match. I kind of feel like you could do a match like this every year, couldn't you? Because it would be good. Like a woman's match in this would be good. You think of the costumes and the way you could push it right out there with the costumes and all that could be good. I don't mind how it looks at all. Oh man, I need to have some less at the bash, a sponsored match. A McGee's Rhodes match. Should I? Tunnocks. What about a Viagra match? I'm trying to be realistic who I can get to sponsor it, but maybe Tunnocks would just get one big massive fucking tea cake made. Oh! Also, and you need to and you need to win by like slamming somebody into a tea cake. Like, and go for the big tea cake. That's a good idea. Or the belt is inside the Tunnock's tea cake. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? Tea cake's hanging for the for the ladder, and you just you bite it open and sort of. So this is the bit where he's got the kendo stick, and it looks like a lightsaber. Oh yeah, it does look a bit like a lightsaber. So what have they done? Have they just put glow sticks into that? Oh. No, it's just because the blue, it's just the blue light is staying it. Yeah, take it like you've done the ring. Oh, oh, Sister Abigail time. Game over. There you are. Hey, what was wrong with that? Are you... Wait, no, no, no. No, no, no. You've not seen what happens next. This is the bit. So the match is fine. And look at that look, his face and his eyes and all that. It looks, it looks fucking good. Sorry, I like that match. If I'm watching this, if this is a, a match they hustled back in the day in Japan, I'd be like, this is fucking rare, look at this. So, who am I? I'm, so I'm pleasantly surprised. And it finished conventionally with, you know, Sister Abigail, which I think is a great finisher. Okay. I'd be, I'd be a bit upset if I was... Look at that, look at that image there. It's a good image, Yes. How do you prepare? The image of Bray Wyatt I'm talking yes. about there with the stuff on his desk. Is there mere shenanigans, John? Yeah. I'm going to tell Dallas to try and get a dragon soup match. Is that Scottish out of dragon soup? Is it not? Is that a dragon soup Scottish? No, maybe it's not. I thought it was. I don't know. soup match, that's a great show. Yeah. Let's put a mask on. Now what the? Yeah. Did that just grow on his? What in the hell is happening? Right. He's put a new mask. This is another new mask that we've never seen in it. Yep. 
looks like the last of us people. Well, if you're LA Knight, you just try to get the hell out of harm's way. Pick up a weapon, do whatever Kiss you me. can. LA Knight trying to, trying to make his way out of the, uh, the ringside it's area. It's what is the deal with that smash? Stalking LA Knight. Look at the face, God! <laughs> but it's like he's went to that fiend place where he, he kind of get hot and he's got the mask on. I don't like that. I'd reminds me of my mate Hammy at school. You'd, you'd maybe like face up to bam him up, right? And he'd be running away from and he'd be walking, he'd walk with the way Wyatt's walking. And it'd be scary as fuck, no matter how slow he was walking. Mad Hammy would come for you. <laughs> hey, I remember one time, just quickly, right? My ma and da were in Barcelona for the Rangers game. And Hammy came round to watch the football, there was a party, right? Oh, no, the mandible claw, yeah, mandible claw locked in. Oh, here you go. Mandible claws and sorry, Gredo, tell us. Right, right, and so she, we all had, we had a good time, right? Dominated Frank by one right. right now. And Hammy was the last one to leave, right? Hammy must have went to like the, the garage down the road to get something. To get up oh, the road, we like a pot noodle. Sorry, 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 sorry. Wait, save Hammy, wait to see what happens here. Uncle Howdy on top. Oh, it's Uncle Howdy's on top of the fucking rotten man. What is going on here? Wait to see this. Well, howdy doody, sir. Welcome to Texas. It's Uncle Howdy's up on top of a big, a big, uh, I don't know what the fuck that is. A big, a big scaffold. And, and he's just, he's just jumped half and went nowhere near LA night and exploded into flames. These, and I was going to call them men, but I, I think creatures, what are they capable of? Goblins. <laughs> what did he say Whatever. Goblins. Goblins. Did he say goblins? Are these all the characters at the top now? Oh, fuck, so there is. Welcome back, Pat. Yeah. Goodbye to LA Knight, I think. What the hell is up? I mean, pig one, can I raise my James Corden a wee bit? Dressed up. <laughs> This is, this, this Uncle what? Just Why did he play this? Uh -oh. I wonder if that's just by a mile. I wonder if that's just some enemy strong. He's on the fire to Texas. Huh? That LED, is that LA night deep now? I think it was fine. It was fine. I mean, that was fucking rotten, that bit. But it was... It wasn't as rotten as that fucking exploding uh, death, exploding ring death match that they had in AEW. Remember? And it wasn't, oh, as, and it wasn't as rotten as um, as remember Jericho took the big crash through. Aye, the big that was rotten. So was these, these are always rotten. These bumps, these mm. these bumps are always rotten. But uh, the match wasn't as bad as. The, but the problem I've got with all is, what does fucking any mean? The, the, you've got to be invested in, we don't know who Uncle Howdy is or what it even means or what the relationship is with Bray Wyatt. And I, I don't care. These people on the internet that go, the lore and it means this and it must represent that. And it's like, like, like fucking tell us the story. If you've got a story to tell, tell us it. And that's why you can't engage properly with it. But in itself, it was fine. It didn't go too long around, did it? It's no, it was minutes, fine. Didn't it? It's probably one of the best matches I've seen in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was good. You didn't need, didn't need full concentration. There was a couple, you know. I liked it. Right. Here's the most important thing. Tell me what happened with fucking Hammy in Barcelona. Hammy <laughs> <laughs> was in Barcelona. My ma and dad were in Barcelona, and we had had a party. And then when everybody left, when everybody left, um, Hammy went down to the petrol station to obviously get munchies or whatever. And 
I was just about to get ready to sleep in my mom and dad's bed with my ex-girlfriend at the time, and I could see Hammy, um, Denny's mad walk. He's quite a scary guy, Hammy, right? And um, I looked out the window, and he'd obviously been walking back through the garage to go up the house, and I went, I looked out, and I was like, Hammy, you fucking dafty! Right? And I was like, Hammy, mad, mad Hammy. And I went into my bed, right? <laughs> Started sleeping like that, just getting ready to sleep. And honestly, like five seconds later... <laughs> I opened my eyes and Hammy was stunning at the end of my bed. Look <laughs> 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 the fucking, look the fucking, look the last week, like the Undertaker just appeared in my room and he was like, What did you fucking say to me? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Hammy good, Hammy good. <laughs> there you go, man. There we go. That was worth waiting for. There you go. Right. So that's been Wrestling Daft, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Very, I uh, hope you enjoyed our very special guest. Uh, this week and remember get your tickets for the live show it's coming up in a couple of weeks only a couple of weeks away now so get your tickets for it um, fellas it's been a pleasure as always right I'll see you later then up the road that's your up the road Grado it's your sale it's your bye sale. now guys bye every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.